got still sounds uh, the same. Let me try it. No, no, wait, head. hold on. Uh, that might be better. Keep okay. talking. Okay. Can you hear me now? All right. I think we're good. All right. Cool. Let's do this. Uh, I'm happy to be back doing this with you. I feel like it. Oddly, I feel like we're doing this long enough now that this has become a tradition for us to do the pre-Thanksgiving podcast. This has got to be like our third or fourth year doing this podcast, I think. Uh, it probably is, like, without us even realizing it. I guess typically, I don't know. Usually we're drafts and, like, what, NBA starts uh, three weeks before uh, Thanksgiving about. Usually Halloween time, the season starts. I feel like we always do this podcast, like, the Tuesday or Monday before Thanksgiving, give people in our minds, at least a ride home drive. Listen, John did text us. So like, thank you, John, for actually uh, acknowledging our existence as part of the Thanksgiving drive home tradition. So uh, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, I'm not sure if it's a compliment though, that we're, we're basically on par with like watching a, a TNT or FX rerun, right? That's basically what John's telling us. So, uh... but, but they could choose. He could choose literally any other, F, you know, FX type podcast, and he chooses us, Ira. So I think it's an accomplishment here. I guess so. We we, we beat out like binge mode. So yes, I guess uh, we're doing okay. We're doing all right. But uh... I think I think generally I think the the content that we have today is maybe a little more exciting than usual around this time of year. Usually we're you know, wasting the first hour talking about actual fantasy basketball, which, like, let's be honest, we realize that no one really cares about that at all. You know, people just come here for our hot takes on our friend group, uh, you know, our planning of, of events. And usually what people come for for this podcast is, uh, and sadly we won't be discussing tonight, is who's going to make a fool of themselves at the, thanks, the, the night before Thanksgiving downtown Rutgers hangout. Uh, so that will mm-hmm. not be a topic tonight. Yeah, sadly, sadly that is the case. I guess we have been doing that every year for, I mean, yeah, ever we have not missed a year uh, ever. I don't think. Uh, I, mean, yeah, I think, I think we've definitely we... cleaned up our act, act a bit at the last couple of years. Uh, you know, in comparison to our prime drinking days. But uh, you know, I'm glad we can still keep this uh, night special in some way. You know, and uh, let's sit into this IP address. We can all be together. You know, on Thanksgiving Eve. That's right. Last year, we were, I think we were making fun of uh, Scott's performance at Fest, uh, recapping that kind of environment, talking about the, the upcoming bachelor parties that haven't been due to COVID. Uh, so who knows what's ahead of us? I think since our last podcast, a little more optimism about a vaccine, but who knows when that'll be. We'll get to all that. Um, but where do you want to start, Ira? I mean, we're, we're two days away here from the draft lottery. Well, yeah. I mean, I the, think... first ever, the first ever draft lottery. Yeah, pretty exciting. I, I, I think, yeah, you know, it, the world's got its issues, but I will say in terms of, uh, like, the basketball realm right now, this is a pretty exciting time. I'm pretty excited for uh, these next 35 days of, you know, fantasy basketball madness as, uh, you know, we have the lottery show uh, brought to you by Paul Dissonson, and I'm sure he's got some uh, antics uh, ready to get deployed. I'm sure everyone's been studying their bingo boards very closely uh, before going to sleep every night. We have keeper selections. We have uh, a draft to run. And then, uh, you know, beginning of the fantasy season when uh, things are always at their craziest, you know. It's when the uh, good teams have no picks and usually ain't that any- anything special yet. And the, uh, the lousier managers have the good players. So it's going to be a fun December, to say the least. Definitely going to be a lot going on. I'm pretty excited. Uh, I don't know how high my shenanigan level is, but I, I did acquire the bingo, uh, the bingo roulette today. So we are ready to 
to draw on Friday. I need to get my, my dice out of my poker set just to make sure I had that ready to go in the wild event that it does come to a dice roll, uh, which I don't know if you want to go, me to go over just for the, the masses, how this whole thing is working basically. Um, yeah. Why don't I do that since we have time here, I guess for those who didn't read my, my, my press release in email last week. So basically I took a, a bingo board, which is 75 spaces and there's 12 managers. So everyone gets six spaces, which leaves three free spaces. So instead of just doing like a, Oh, if it's free, choose again, that's no fun. I created a grid of six by six for dice roll and I gave everyone uh, three spots on that, that dice roll. So I'm really hoping that we wind up on, I think it's like B1, B15 and like, O seventy five. If we get any of those three spots, we kind of go into the madness layer here. Uh, and also, more importantly, you know, this is the first one, and it's it's split odds this year. But this will lay the foundation for next year when we have an actual draft lottery based on finish. Hopefully, assuming COVID doesn't cancel the season again. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think this season's really going to be a great uh, a great testing ground. It's very much like we saw with the NBA bubble. I think it's uh, you know everything's already fucked up, so you might as well just uh, you know. Try out the hijinks, see what uh, clicks with the masses, and uh, you know, we throw away whatever is uh, kind of lousy. And I know Paul's always been against grandfather or against grandfathering things in. Uh, he's always preferred. Well, he's well, maybe the wrong terminology, but I know you've always wanted to just you know get the rule on the books. Let's do it next season. No need to wait a year and prepare, which is uh, often a justin complaint at these meetings. So, yeah, I, I I never really see, like. First off, it's a fantasy league. There's no like, there's, there's no money on the line. There's no stakes. No one more than besides, money. Besides, more than money. Besides you, who generally is fine with the transition, uh, most people are not planning two years in advance. And if they are, like, they're really not. Like Levy is constantly in a state of planning two years in advance, and he has nothing to show for it. <laughs> um, so anyone who tells me they're planning their draft strategy, you know, for, for the next season is is totally full of crap. Especially Justin, who just has no draft board every year and winds up trading all those next year's picks for the current season. So, um, yeah, I, I'm all in favor of if it's fun, do it now. You, you never know what a year away is going to be. So definitely, definitely the case here. I'm glad that people kind of committed to it this year. And I think it's going to be a fun time. Uh, Amy has already volunteered her services as uh, bingo, bingo wheel cranker. So uh, we have a, a third party audit system going on here. Just like the big boys. Yeah, you have like a you have an actual bingo apparatus that you'll be uh, like cranking in circles. And what's the uh, what kind of technology I went to do we have at our disposal? Any sprints with the big boy years? What kind of receipt should I, we be expecting? I went to Big Fun Toys in Hoboken yesterday uh, today. Um, next to Fleet Feet, the running store. If you in your mind, if you know where that is, um, and I went in. They had one bingo board remaining, so it has the wheel, it has the balls. It's all. It's still in the box, so I plan on opening the wrapping uh, live on camera so that everyone knows that there's no funny business with the with the balls. You know, I didn't remove all of John's or or Justin's uh, pieces or anything like that, just for fun. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be it'll be a fun time. Yeah, well, I'm, but I'm looking forward to it. I uh, I think it's uh, hopefully we can get a good quorum in order at least, and. Uh, and hopefully some hijinks take place. I'd be happy to have that, uh, you know, first overall pick in the draft. And uh, you know, I, I do think it's important that we do some some good old basketball chatter this po- this podcast, Paul. So uh, I hope you've been doing some refreshing. I think this could be a good tutorial. We could at least be like a top, you know, thirty league coming into this season. I'm not sure how uh, 
how really aggressive everybody's been keeping up with the news. But uh, a lot's changed, so there's a lot to catch up on before, uh, you know, the draft probably comes around in a few weeks' time. December 22nd, it's, opening night. It's been pretty, it's been pretty fast and furious. Um, I know I'm not sure if I've kept up on all the, the, the contract details, uh, but there's still a lot to shake out as far as the rosters, who's going to move where to open up space for others. Thank you, Amy, for bringing these lovely-looking brownies over. Um, yeah, it's been a good night here. We're not making these for tomorrow for Thanksgiving either. We're just having this, you know, to pre-stuff ourselves. It's the, it's the, the stomach lubricating pumping the night before, so you got, you got to do it. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, let me, let me, before we dive into the true NBA, uh, what do you think the ramifications like, of COVID are going to be on this season of fantasy basketball. Do you think that there's going to be more manager conservatism after seeing, you know, what happened last year with the Durans of the world trading to finally make the playoffs and seeing that all go up in thin air? Um, do you think it's going to be basically par for the course? Uh, do you think it's going to be some sort of combination of that? Right. Uh, so I would say maybe besides, I feel like every manager that ever chooses to, I don't know, play conservative or, you know, t- take a year off and punt for the next season. Um, I think it's largely never been like a strategic decision to do so, like in the first five weeks. It's always been more of a, eh, this ain't going for me, right for me. I'm kind of busy doing other shit. Like, I'm just going to like call it here and like, you know, nobody can complain. Then when I'm saying, you know, I'm playing for next season. I think it's a, it was definitely a common uh, Daniel Weiser tactic and, you know, it's probably an indicator of somebody who, you know, is thinking about exiting the league in the long run. So it's certainly something that I frown upon. Um, we probably could be seeing somebody like a Levy trying to pull this maneuver, I think, after a Clay Thompson went down especially. For three years in a row, this would be, by the way, this would be his third year tanking. He is truly turning into the Kings. <laughs> well, Levy did have a history of being a, a pretty a pretty solid rebuilder, but... Well, he was he was one of the true... Early, you know, every other season, guys, you know, one season on, one season off. But now, once you hit three seasons in a row, you're just bad. I mean, if you can't build out from the bottom, and I think that's co- correlated a lot with all, everyone kind of realizing that if you're not playing for the current season, you're kind of screwing yourself over a little bit. Yeah, well, no, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think, honestly, if people want to play, like, they're going to play. Like, nobody's going to just, like, willingly throw a season aside, even if it's, like, it might strategically make sense because, like, this year is just going to be, well, I don't know. It goes both ways, no? I think with the kind of COVID, the COVID situation, things can swing very quickly for a team. I mean, you know, a guy gets COVID, gets knocked out for several weeks, or, you know, I mean, there was plenty of speculation about how players were performing in the bubble who had COVID prior to it. Um... No proper confirmation, you know, if, I don't know, nobody ever was saying, oh, I was 60% because I had COVID, but there definitely was, I mean, I could think of Russell Westbrook, for example, who had a big drop off and, uh, you know, coming into the bubble had been a great player. And then everyone said, oh, well, it was a COVID matter, you know, he, he probably wasn't feeling the best. So and the randomness factor is definitely going to increase several fo- fold. So, you know, that, but no, that is be that's, that's, that's how it always is. People should just kind of roll with it, in my opinion, because you never know who's going to sit out in the last few weeks anyway. We all like to think that we're more in control of our fantasy teams than we actually are. But then you have situations like Garrett losing in the finals when he was the clear favorite a few years back uh, to you, I think. Um, and he kind of like, you know, he could be dominant all season and things go wrong in the playoffs. It's no different in the COVID world. And 
look, the penalty is just that maybe you're not as good next year, but you got to go for it in the current season or else what else are we playing for? No, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I think just the uh, seasons are too long and the titles are too few, you know, to sit them out. I mean, yeah, it's once you get to the playoffs, a lot, a lot can happen very quickly. So, I don't know. To sit a whole season out, the, the benefit you're going to have is probably not enough to justify it, in my view. I mean, you got to realize the majority of the championships are going to uh, myself. And then you got, like, you know, a Justin or an Andrew, maybe. But besides that, it's been a while since we've uh, seen other champions. Got to go all the way back to 2013 to find a Garrett on the board. Um, so, yeah, it's tough out there. As far as the COVID complications with respect to drafting, how do you think that's going to impact uh, draft strategies, if, if at all? Well, I mean, let's talk about co- – I mean, I don't know. I mean, are you really going to knock Lou Williams down your board because you feel like you could get COVID because he's uh, got, you know, a very wild nightlife yes. kind of a – Yes, he's, he's, he's off my board. <laughs> off Paul's board, okay. Well, that would just be a general – well, I don't know. I feel like Lou Williams is like the ultimate regular season warrior who uh, always seems to disappear when the games really count. Um I don't know. If, if you're drafting, I think you're probably going to rate players pretty similar to how they were. If anything, you have to think more about who was going deep in the bubble. I mean, there's already, you know, speculation about the Lakers going very easy on LeBron and AD at start of the year. But those guys are keepers anyway. So it's going to be really a team-by-team basis. I would want to probably follow the scouting reports to see what kinds of teams are maybe indicating they want to go easy on guys because uh, it's going to be a long season. But I don't know. The other thing you got to worry about is, you know, certain teams that may get shut down at various points of the season. Uh, in Major League Soccer, they had an interesting case where uh, not all the teams did not play the equal amount of games, but um, a team that actually had fewer points basically had a, a worse overall record but had a higher points per game wound up making the playoffs based on rearranged rules. So I would wonder if uh, there's something like we may not have every team playing 82 games this season. Uh, and the NBA may just let that fly, and Yahoo may just let that fly. I don't know if you really prepare for that in advance. Yeah, we're, t- we're talking 72, it, it, right? It does. 72 for this year, I think is the end. Yeah, but, but it's possible that uh, they, they yeah. plan for 72, and you know maybe, maybe Dallas only makes it to 62, but they have enough wins to clinch a playoff spot in those 62, or their, their average wins per, per game is enough to make the playoffs if the NBA so chooses to adapt to that, and they just don't play any additional games. Um, so... I mean, I don't know if people are going to adapt, so maybe they're not taking people in uh, cities that are in the South or highly conservative um, in places that there have been booming infection rates. But it would be interesting if uh, – and, and also, like, I guess, what happens if they make those games up later in the season, which for us has a major, major fantasy impact. So maybe you actually do want to draft your Dallas and your Houston and uh, your Oklahoma City, things like that. It's kind of an interesting way to look at it. Oh, it's definitely uh, – it's fun to play around with. I think uh, – I mean, when you're looking at – I don't know. I mean, are you going to – I assume even if, you know, I don't know, like Texas is swarmed is swamped in COVID so badly that, you know, the state shutting down activities. Um, I would think the league would try and be resourceful about getting these teams to different locations and to safer areas, you know, if uh, there's a facility that can accommodate them, whether well, – but all it takes is one person, right? What if what if two players on the Thunder go out one night, uh, get COVID, and this is let's say this is in December, uh, the games get canceled. The NBA says no worries, we're going to reschedule these for March. Happens to be week twenty two in our fantasy league. 
what happens then? Then then someone's getting a boost. Well, by, uh, I, I guess like anything, you just gotta I definitely think. Uh, I definitely think like drafting to avoid players that like aren't expected to play a lot, like in the current uh, like weekly schedules for like the playoffs, probably is foolhardy. I mean, it's just like the schedule is going to change a lot. Probably like most teams are going to yeah. be dealing with uh, different schedules down the stretch just because of the COVID situation. If, if anything, that should give people more reason to play for this season because someone like you who plots everything out on an Excel document, you know, based on games and all that may not be as able to dominate the analysis beforehand. It's more going to be whatever happens, happens. Uh, maybe, maybe Andrew will, uh, will benefit from that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah. No, it's hard to say. I think that's kind of what, it, what we have to come back to here, which uh... NBA 2020, 2021. It's hard to say that's the season motto. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of it, I, I'm guessing with all the injury COVID-related issues, I haven't seen anything even about the IL yet or COVID IL or how they're going to handle it. But, uh, like, if you're thinking about uh, – the bottom line is, I mean, doing nothing is probably not going to work well in this scenario. Like, being a Trevier or, I don't know, like a Corey um, who tends to not make a lot of moves, I mean – Odds are you're going to have guys getting COVID, guys whose schedules get messed up. Um, that kind of strategy is probably not going to be to your benefit in the long term. I don't know. Waiting for a player who doesn't get off to a good start. Uh, not sure if there's going to really be time for him to get into a, a good rhythm under this under these circumstances. So, uh, yeah, no, it's going to be a, a tough season for all of us. And I think, you know, going to history might be not the way to evaluate how things shake out. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting year and who knows, plus even the managers, it's hard to evaluate how we're all going to operate if we're living at home now, you know, it's uh different kind of monitoring systems are in place. So I agree. All right. Let's, let's dive into the free agency stuff here. Um, any free agent moves that you have your eye on, especially for fantasy purposes? All right. Uh, so thinking about it from a fantasy perspective, um, well, I am pretty intrigued to see how, like, a Gordon Hayward, for instance. I mean, real-life NBA move, it's pretty crazy that Charlotte paid him that much money. You know, I don't know, like, they just let Campbell walk for, you know, a boatload of money that they could have paid him to try and keep him. And now they're bringing in a guy who's even, I think, older and definitely less athletic and on the downside in comparison. But, I mean, he's definitely the most proven scorer on that roster. I mean, he was already a top like 60 guy in Boston last season so Gordon Hayward put him in Charlotte team that's trying to push for a playoff seed he's coming in motivated I think to you know prove he still has like what it takes to be a top 20 NBA player um yeah promising what's uh I agree what are you looking at for me I think you had a you had a pretty solid player and correct me if I'm wrong wasn't Montrez Harrell pretty damn good in fantasy last year uh, he was decent. That's a decent. Not as good as the year before, maybe. Yeah, I don't think he was as good as the year before, but uh, he was still serviceable. I mean, I think – let me take a look at him. I'll pull him up real quick. He's actually a, an interesting keeper option for Eric. So, well, at least – Well, I think he's become less interesting now that he's signing with the Lakers. I, <laughs> I just don't see what his role is going to be on that team. Uh, maybe if he's playing mostly with LeBron and, and he's at the center, he's going to get a lot of alley-oops, but um, – his minutes should definitely be way down, um, even if he's playing alongside AD, which I, I don't really think is a great fit uh, defensively, per se. 
Um, so, so that's one that's devalued to me. Other, other moves. Um, I mean, Eric Bledsoe, you think is gonna gonna do pretty well in New Orleans? You would think, right? Uh, I do. I like New Orleans as a fantasy team in general. Um, and, you know, I think Bledsoe's. I mean, I think my issue with the with the Pelicans is just like the roster is pretty deep, so it's gonna be hard for any one player to stand out. You know, I mean, I think, like, uh, Brandon Ingram's going to get his and, you know, Zion's going to get his. But, like, the rest of these guys are all going to be competing, you know, for everyone else's stats. Uh, I mean, Bledsoe was a bit subpar last season, only going for .9 steals a game. That that big drop-off really uh, was detrimental to his overall value. So, uh, yeah, I can't believe he's, like, he's 31 already. I feel like we're so old. Like, <laughs> I, I can't believe he's that, that age. It's pretty weird. That is a good point. Yeah, I will uh, say he was only getting 27 minutes a night, though, last season because the Bucks were blowing people out so often. Uh, he could get closer to 30 in with the uh, the Pelicans. Stan Van Gundy's going to try and win games, and a lot of nights, Butts is probably your best option. I mean, you know, he's dealing with, like, a Alonzo Ball, a J.J. Redick. I mean, I don't know. It's not the uh, the most fierce composition at the guard spot, so. Very, very true. You brought up Brandon Ingram. I wonder if he's going to be a big decline guy in fantasy. He ended last season ranked uh, 39th, I think. Um, he put up really good numbers last season, 46% from the field, uh, 2.4 made threes a game, 6.1 boards, 4.2 assists, uh, a steal and half a block. Uh, but that wasn't a contract year. This is a guy who's struggled with consistency. I don't I've never seen him as really a straight line improvement guy like some of the media makes him out to be. Uh, so I wonder if he's going to have a drop off season this year. I, I what I struggle five five years a lot of money a lot of money for Brandon Ingram. Oh no, he definitely got, he got plenty of money. I mean, look, I'm I'm I was very surprised. Like especially the three point the three pointer is really the big difference in Ingram's development. I feel like last season. I mean, the volume's impressive, but. More so the shooting from deep and the free throw percentage were the major indicators to me that, like, this could be a sustainable sustainable production. Now, I, it's, I, I still find it hard to imagine this guy's going to be that good. But, I mean, his offensive game is very polished, I think, already. Um, he's like, I make fun of Kevin Knox being the guy who can get a shot whenever he wants. And uh, I think Ingram's in that same kind of Kevin Durant mold, you know, where he has the size and has the handles to get a look when he wants it. Um, so if he's shooting this well, I mean, he's going to put up numbers. But, I mean, one has to wonder. I mean, the Pelicans should be pretty good if, you know, Zion's going to go for 23 points a night and Ingram's going to go for 25 points a night. I mean, so if they're not winning games when that's happening, then Ingram could be the guy who kind of, I don't know, he has to take a back seat to at least to some degree. I mean, you're paying him max money, so he's going to play. But he might need to diversify his fantasy game, which I think has always been his weakness. I agree with that. Um, are, are there, based on what's been going on with free agency and trade so far, are there any teams like the Spurs have been one in the past? Uh, are there any teams that you want to avoid in your draft? To me, uh, the Hawks really kind of stick out right away. But um, fun team, fun team. I think uh, with all the moves they made, certainly uh, it's fun. They seem to have like eight guys in every position. I mean, yeah, it's fun to imagine <laughs> what that roster could do. Like. Yeah, I'm not sure how it really translates. I think more so on the defensive side of the ball, probably. Um, just, I mean, you have Clint Capella still, and, like, you got, like, Chris Dunn, who was brought in. But, 
I mean, the guys who are getting paid the big bucks, you know, like a Trey and uh, I, I'm, I'm not a huge Bogdanovich guy personally. Um, Gallinari, like, I mean, these guys aren't ace defenders. I don't think John Collins, I mean, John Collins is okay, but he's not really going to anchor your defense. So um, if they can't clean up that side of the ball, it could be a long season, I think, for Atlanta, despite all the talent they brought in. Um, but yeah, it is hard to say. I mean, you know, Trey Young's going to go off for 26, 27 points, but the rest of these guys, they're all going to take away from each other. I don't know. Is John Collins still a, you know, a top 25 stud? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. And, you know, those steroids are just leaving his body every, every day more and more now. So, you know, you don't know. And plus, we didn't even mention like all the young guys. Like we have Kevin Herter, we have Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, this. A lot of overlap on the team. What, Okongwu? Oka, 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 yeah. So, one thing I'm noticing, by the way, because I was, I was going through Yahoo to sort by, the play, by team, uh, it looks like they haven't updated all the players yet. Maybe that's because free agency just officially opened on Monday. But, like, Chris Dunn is still showing as a Chicago player. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm wondering if this could have an impact on our draft. You know, usually <laughs> we're drafting a month or two after free agency really wraps up. Uh, I wonder if Yahoo's feeling overwhelmed by all this. Interesting. Well, I, I feel like Yahoo continues to, I don't know. Yeah, yeah Yahoo, it's really, <laughs> like, Yahoo's like the, I don't know. I, like, in, in like the tech world, like, yeah, what, Yahoo should be like Yahoo, like the search engine or like the email server. Like it should have died off like years ago. Somebody should have surpassed taking over the fancy basketball landscape. And yet, this, I think this is this is still, like, generally speaking, like the best platform for your fantasy leagues. It's kind of baffling. I would agree. I don't like ESPN. Uh, we, in, in one of our evaluations, I think I brought this up with you offline, but not on the podcast yet. So we have been looking at a few different places to to move our league, and one of them was Fantrax. I have my Big Ten fantasy league over there, uh, and like as the season was starting. Fantrax was still changing over their service provider for all their stats, meaning there, li- there was no live scoring for the first week. And this was n- not just the college. It was NFL also for, for I guess, a week or two. Um, and nothing was updating until like a week, like a week after. So you couldn't really get your scores. Someone had to calculate everything offline until, until they got this all integrated. It's like, like you would have a fucking heart attack if you couldn't monitor – live what was going on to make ad drops on a Sunday night, you know, like it's, uh, it, we definitely are not ready to make the move over there yet. Even, even with all Yahoo's deficiencies. I am, uh, I will be testing it out this season. Actually, my, uh, I'm no longer a, a fantasy basketball, uh, blurb writer, but I am still participating in there and a league or two over there. So, you're officially out. You're, you're officially yes, out of I game. am. I am out of that game now. So, uh, you know, it'll be nice to put on my fan, my fan cap again. I no longer need to be, uh, you know, above all of the, uh, the fan common man chatter. So we'll see if it has any negative impact on my fantasy game, but uh, I am do- on fan track. So I will get a nice taste of what they do on the basketball landscape uh, this season. But uh, yeah, I will say, I mean, other interesting teams, I think, I don't know if there's any other team quite like, uh, I don't know, like the Pelicans, for instance, where like, I feel like it's too loaded. It's kind of has like a Denver type environment. where just like, it's hard to come out of the, come out of the crowd there, like the Hawks. Um, I do think, I mean, Detroit's going to be something else for uh, fantasy basketball and like OKC, like the kinds of teams that basically just have like cleaned out rosters. I mean, 
Can I say this about Detroit, though? Detroit did this, what, 10 years ago with all their guards when they had, when they had Will Bynum and uh, all basically the same, uh, Rodney Stuckey. They had all 15 of the same guard, and it didn't, didn't work well for anyone from fantasy. One of the guys would get hot for one week, and the other one would get hot for another week. Then they'd all suck for a week. Um, so I think just the key is to avoid that team like the plague. Uh, D- Denver is a very interesting spot to me. I feel like that's a team that I would have expected to have a, a big offseason push either through trade or uh, or signing, and they haven't really done much. They lost – I think Monty Morris signed with Minnesota. Did I uh, they did lose uh, Morris. Yeah, I don't think things have been updating properly. They lost Monty Morris. I mean, they, well, they lost, lost Grant. Someone else, too. They lost uh, the Pistons. Who Jeremy apparently Grant. he wants a bigger role in offense. So I mean, God, God bless whoever decides. Which is hilarious. It's like a spin on Grant when he's shooting, uh, you know, forty percent on eighteen field goal attempts in the, in Detroit. But he's he's gone, and then Tory Craig is gone, and so it's kind of funny that, that I feel like the last two years in their playoff series is always those three guys were fighting out. Well, I just Grant just last year, but. Uh, the three of those guys were always fighting for who's going to get the most bench minutes in the playoffs. And now all three of those guys are gone. Um, so they'll be interesting. Look, they still have Will Barton to once he's back healthy and Gary Harris. Uh, what really is going to be the interesting there is what Michael Porter jr. Does who had him on their team last year. If, if he's on anybody's uh-huh. roster, I don't know. I don't even know if part of our supplemental draft, if he, no, he's a free agent. Yeah. He wasn't picked up in our supplemental draft. I don't think, I think it was kind of, Yep, he's a free agent, so for, no one will get the benefit he's got of, 91 of him. Rank. He, he, he's definitely the kind of guy that's going to do better in fantasy than he is in real life because his defense is atrocious, and we'll see if uh, Mike Malone will play him because of that. But I would think during the regular season, he's going to – if they're not going to make any moves, they're going to have to give him run to see how they raise their ceiling. So I think he could be a very – he's definitely a big breakout candidate for fantasy this year. Yeah, he's probably an interesting one. I mean – Somebody will reach, maybe like a Trevier, I'd imagine. He seems like a Trevier kind of player to me. He's definitely a Trevier kind of player. He's just a swag shooter, you know. It it should work nicely because Trevier is usually pretty uh, patient when it comes to the moves game. So I think he would ride this wave and hope that he, uh, you know, pans out for like a playoff push because Trevier is usually riding that bubble um, in the fantasy landscape. But uh, why don't we – I mean, we're touching on players, but I think we should start diving into – I think maybe the easiest way to kind of get reacquainted is to go through the keeper decisions. There's a lot of a lot of choke points, I'd say, this season. Um, and by the way, we need to we need to establish both a draft date and a keeper deadline. So uh, maybe maybe after Friday's call, we'll kind of put that into better perspective. But just putting that out there for our lovely commissioner Garrett, one more yeah. thing to. to I mean, be I guess seven thirty call on Friday, right? Just to a good good time to make an announcement. Okay. Yes. So yes. Well, maybe we could start off with the the lottery, and then we can quickly move to a you know try and finalize the keeper uh, deadline at least, and we could at least get an idea about draft dates, and then get a consensus from the rest of the league. Uh, you know, in the poker game to follow. I'm with you. All right. So where do you want right. to start? So uh, I mean, I kind of I did a quick rundown. There's plenty of options to choose from. Um, I, mean, I think. Let's let's give some of the lesser managers who don't always who aren't always on top of things our initial advice. I mean, like a like Corey's team right now. He, uh, I think. By the way, what I think, what, what I think, and this will be the last time we do it this way. I think from now on, what we need to do is maintain a list of who's listening to our podcast and to, to the best of our ability, and we rank them, and we will say we're going to talk about these managers first. 
because there are loyal listeners and I think that's how we're going to do it from going forward. But for now, let's start with Corey. Let's All right, we'll give, we'll give him one chance, one chance. Yeah. All right, so leading off, he's already got Joel Embiid and Kemba Walker, which on this roster are your clear-cut top two. Um, I think I, I got mixed feelings about Kemba. He's, I don't know, it, things could quickly go south, I feel like, or maybe he could sustain himself. But uh, there's really no other options. He's, um, he, he's a small guard, and I was just talking about um, – Whose age was I just talking about? Er, Bledsoe. Kemba's got to be older than him. Kemba is now uh, – he's a year younger than us, so he's like, he's like 30 years old now. But for a small point guard, six-foot point guard, 184 pounds, uh, you know, he, he's going to start declining. He showed signs of injury wear and tear last year. So it, it's definitely going to be a risky proposition to be your second player. But that said, I don't really know who else Corey – Right. Here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll so yeah. That's that exactly. Joe ha- Joe Harris maybe? Do you hope right, that he, right. I mean, you hope that his shooting numbers go absurd with with uh Kyrie and and uh KD, do you take D'Anthony Melton on a right, total flyer? Nobody could seriously uh-huh. draft these players in the the first 24 picks though. And that's that's, you know. Yes, I mean I think he's stuck with Kemba at this point and you know, hopefully he can at least prioritize improving the second keeper slot. The third keeper, though, I think is an interesting battle. Um, so to run it down, if people should know the keeper rule by now, but you know, it's it's one round prior. <laughs> if if it's a first time the player is being kept, it's one round prior to the previous draft. So, for instance, Corey's got Kobe White, Evan Fournier, and Jeremy Grant on this roster, and we'll throw Joe Harris in there too because you know the guy just got paid eighty million dollars. Joe Harris went in the 11th round last year. Uh, Jeremy Grant and Evan Fournier were 13th rounders. And Kobe White was a 14th rounder. So we have some uh, some four intriguing players. If you wanted to keep Harris, that's a 10th rounder. He gives up this draft. Uh, for Grant and Fournier, he'd give up a 12th rounder to pick them in that round. And for Kobe White, he'd give up a 13th rounder. So. Kobe White is pre-ranked at 65, which seems to me like Yahoo every year has like one or two guys that are like super overrated by Yahoo's uh, algorithm, especially younger guys who they think are going to step up into bigger roles. Like, I know, but like Tyler Hansbrough used to always have huge finishes two years also, and then never did. There's there's always plenty of these guys, you know, that that have that have these big finishes to seasons. Myers Leonard is always a guy that was like the Yahoo's like darling of who's going to break out. I know I, I fell into the trap. How many times? Um, I, I don't see it with him. I'd rather play it safe and, and use Joe Harris in the tenth. You know he's going to get get his shots. He should have a lot of wide open shots this year, uh, and he's just a good basketball player. Um, so I, I would trust him with that tenth spot, as opposed to going for a, for a, a guy like Kobe White, who you know he is young. He could just have an injury that knocks him out for a bit um, in, in his second season, where he's getting more of a load. So I, I just think Joe Harris is a very safe pick at, at ten. Let me let me pull up Joe Harris's stats. I don't know. I mean, you're 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 screaming for the JJ Reddick comp right now, Paul. I just yeah, <laughs> can't get through a podcast without it. I mean, the guy. I, I did watch Joe Harris in the postseason, and like he had to, or sorry, I guess the bubble, whatever. And he had some like impressive performances, but like we're talking about a guy that would put up fourteen point five points. 2.53 pointers on 
48.6% shooting from the field. That's pretty good. It's fine, but, like, I can get three-pointers from almost any fantasy player that I select. And 14.5 points? I mean, that's that's cookie-cutter stuff in fantasy. Ira, Ira, 48.6% is very good for a guard. I'm looking at at Corey's roster. Kobe White shot 39.4%. Okay? And he had two threes a game. I understand yeah, he started out the season very well. For his upside. Kemba, I mean, Kemba, I think... Kemba shot four, Kemba shot forty two point five percent. First off, Joe Harris may even shoot closer to fifty percent this year <laughs> with a with an easier shot selection and, and less of a. You load. should see those three points um, go up, and I also four, would throw four, them out there more than thirty one. Four point three rebounds. Yeah. Uh, not not great, not but it's fine for for a shooting guard. Two assists is fine for a shooting guard. Not great. Uh, he has no defensive stats. I'll give you that. Absolutely. I think his turnovers will probably be under one this year. He's not going to try to do too much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, so I think I, I think Joe Harris is probably the last player I would pick out of this uh, these three or four options. Like I would sooner grab Evan Fournier than Joe Harris. I mean, Fournier is just a proven scorer. He's always produced more points, um, and you get him later in the draft. So I mean. I, I always feel like I always feel like despite his his uh, oh, where's where's Fournier where'd you he's, say he's gonna be? Uh, he would be a twelfth round pick if Corey kept him. This isn't his second year he's kept. Uh, no, he doesn't have the keeper tag next to him on the draft board. So no, unless there was a trade okay. or something that, but I don't think okay. he can do that anyway. Um, so yeah, yeah, but I mean, okay. uh, Fournier had. I mean, Fournier is always hurt. That's his issue. But last year, the last two years actually, he's been healthy. So. I mean, he, he had a big boost in shooting and went for 18.5 points. He actually wouldn't be my choice, though. I think, personally speaking, I probably would go all in if I was Corey because, you know, I mean, I don't think Corey – What does he have yeah, to, what does I, he have to lose? I'd anyway, probably right? do the Chris yeah. Dunn route. You know, he's the, the last keeper-wise keeper wise in the draft board. He's the latest selection. So, you know, you're going to get the most bang for the buck if he breaks out. And then, I mean, I think he has a lot of upside. I mean, he's – I don't know. The rest of these guys that we're talking about, like, I don't think Jeremy Grant's going to become a, you know, 20 point per game scorer shooting at 45%. I mean, I don't think Corey has the patience for just a defensive specialist, though, which is really all Chris Dunn is at this point. He's never going to uh, score White. 10 points. Oh, oh I Chris Dunn. For Keeper? No, Kobe White. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Now, that, that's who I would go with. I see. With, 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 with Chris Dunn being gone, I got you now. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so, All I mean, right. look, Corey's operating with a, a nice draft board. He's got a, an extra fifth, an extra sixth, an extra seventh, an extra ninth. So, I mean, he should be, like, on the cusp of the playoffs if he gives a little bit of attention. We'll see if the, uh, you know, the whole lady issue is behind him and he's ready to, you know, focus on the game at hand. But despite his lackadaisical roster management, this could turn out okay. Where was Jeremy Grant drafted last year? Because to me, that's an interesting one. 13th um, round. He, okay, so he played 26 minutes a game last year. I imagine in his new role, he made yeah, like 30. Uh, he, he shot 47.8% from the field, which is pretty good. 75% from the line, which is not hurting you too much as league average. Uh, 1.44 three-pointers made uh, on 12 points a game. Three and a half boards, 1.2 assists. 0.7 steals, 0.8 blocks. If you get that to a steal and a block a game, um, you know, 
that could be an interesting guy that late that maybe you could use it as a trade chip to a playoff team who needs to, to up those stats. So to me, Corey needs to like get himself out of the basement. You do that by trading these valuable assets for, for higher assets for the next year. If you think Kobe White's going to blossom into, you know, really like the 60th ranked guy, then absolutely you got to keep him. But to me, it's, it's just a, it's a lot to bank on. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're you're asking a lot from a manager like Corey to really uh, dedicate himself that intensely to a uh, league matters to a uh, you know, yeah, to go graduate that whole thing. Out of the yeah, basement. you're right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think for Grant, the key thing is that he keeps the steals and blocks in place when the minutes go up and the offensive load increases. Because I don't know, I expect the shooting to suffer. Uh, but hopefully the rebounds and the points go up. And if you can keep the steals and blocks at least at like one one level, then you should have a solid fantasy player on your hands. Um, so all right, yep. let's keep moving because uh, yeah, I think we're going along here. Um, yes. All right, we'll skip over Dan's and the Eric's of the world because uh, you know you guys can call me out and prove me wrong later. But I'm guessing you're not going to listen. Um, <laughs> should we jump to uh, maybe like a Levy who uh, you know we. We referenced it yeah, earlier. He had a third keeper to join Stefan Giannis, uh, which is a pretty a pretty strong top two. Um, some issues in terms of free throw shooting because, uh, you know, Giannis is awful and Steph is like the best. But uh, obviously they're going to fill your stats up no problem. With Clay out, though, for the next season, maybe out of the league, who knows? I mean, clearly not, not keeper irrelevant anymore. Um, who are you looking at on this roster? I mean, you got like a Derek White, I think, uh, Otto Porter Jr., who's coming back from injury, what, an injury plagued last season. Where did where did Duncan, Duncan Robinson, Robinson. drafted? Right. Probably not drafted him, I guess. And I would say so that makes him a ninth round pick. And I'd say he's probably worthwhile there. Not bad thought. Yeah, he drafted. He he, forty seven percent from the field, ninety three percent from the line, which which only only one free throw a game, but I mean that's pretty cool. Uh, Three point seven threes, which is up there with the the Stephs and the Clays of the world. Three point two boards, one point four assists, nothing else really, but low turnover. Um, just a very strong roster piece, and considering Levy's, I mean his his options really aren't very good. Um, might as well take a guy that's a, a great specialist uh, that could become a little bit more as he. I mean, he's only a second year uh, player last year. Duncan, I think you. Uh, you know, he's going to keep. Maybe yeah. a rookie. I think. Is he a rookie last year? Yeah, so he's only going to he's only going to get better. No. Um, second year, second. I mean, year. teams may key on on him, but I mean, but he's he's going to get his shots. Yeah. I mean... um, if if Nerlens if Carves out a role, to which I don't really think he will. He, yeah, you know, you know, I love New Orleans in fantasy, but I mean, Levy doesn't just really doesn't have many options on this team. It's a really devoid of talent team. Which, which we, we, okay, I don't need to kill him again as we killed him on every podcast last year. That I think most of the season he didn't carry more than one guy that was top fifteen fantasy. Um, but yeah, that's what we're looking at here. So I think I think Robinson is the best way to move out of that bottom pack. I think. For those of us who had Otto Porter, we know the frustration, we know the promise, we know the the, the tantalizing nature of it. But go go with Duncan Robinson. I think he's yeah, I think uh, I was I was taking a look at 
you know, his the draft board last year, and Levy actually was keeping Otto Porter last season. So, I mean, this is just ind- indicative of the lack of roster management we have with Levy. I mean, you know, the guy. It's. I mean, like that's the thing. He's he. You know, he allegedly was building for the future, but he has Stefan Giannis, and and I mean that's nice. But if he if he drafts as he did the last two seasons, he's going like, to be in the same place again. And especially, yeah, I mean, how old Steph is now? Steph Curry uh, age. I mean, not, he's young. Nah, I think he's twenty years old, probably. Now. How is Steph thirty two? Steph is always born Canada. March fourteenth, nineteen eighty eight. He is thirty two years old. So that's I mean, crazy. Like, like, like That's Steph's already entering the, wow. uh, the LeBron phase where Levy's going to shop him every season now to try and, uh, you know, deal him before he gets too old to be tradable. Well, I mean, of course, Justin had him and Justin actually properly, you know, Justin for Mr. I don't watch basketball really knows what he's doing as far as unloading these guys when they're, they're past their, their moment. So uh, kudos yeah, to Justin I, there. I mean, hey, Steph might have a But like the issue is, Based on what Levy's dealing with here, it's probably not going to be enough to get him in the playoffs even. And then he's probably just going to be that yep. much more likely to drop off next year because, like, he's got to empty the tank just to get the Warriors in the playoffs. Like, I don't know. Yep. Not, not to mention Giannis, as good as he is in fantasy, like, also isn't, like, he's been one of those guys that's kind of weird where, like, he's really good, but, like, people don't seem to be able to win with him. It's, it's kind of strange. Uh, that's all I'll say on that. Let's let's move okay. to our next our next we'll team. Keep it going. Uh, uh, should we hit a uh, we, we reference them? Should we hit Bibsy? I think he has an interesting decision to make. Um, yeah, let's go. Yes, another loyal listener of our podcast. So I, I'm very yeah. glad to discuss Bibsy's team. So he's going to keep LeBron and Ben Simmons. Yes, and then it gets more interesting after this. I mean, uh, he he, he, he suffered has a, a big a hit very the other day when. I really wanted to talk about him because this this player is like the perfect signing to the perfect team to me. Hassan Whiteside going to the Kings, like that, just like smacks of like perfect player, perfect team. Like, I feel, I feel like there have been rumors of, of them trading for him for like ever now, and it just it, it's so it good. How much do they want to give him? <laughs> I, mean, I don't think there's that much. Okay, well, and you know they actually they drafted him two point three two million. <laughs> Wow, what what a fall that guy's had! But that said, he's generally well, a top ten I mean, fantasy player. <laughs> he's not going to be the starting <laughs> center, you know, getting uh, thirty two minutes a night. So uh, it's that said. I guess the the point you bring that up is that Rashawn Holmes takes a big fantasy hit, yeah. correct? And he was also one like of, a top uh, Justin's options here player until injuries kind of like crushed him the second half of the season. So I think that kind of like knocked Holmes out of the uh, and at, third keeper contention for Justin. And I keep I keep banging on the drum here. Rashawn Holmes just seems to rise to the top wherever he is. He really forced Philly to trade Nerlens Noel because he was better. Um, he's just really he's really good. Sixty five percent from the field, uh, and also seventy nine percent from the line. Uh, Eight point one boards, one point three blocks, a steal, an assist. Like this guy's good. He's really good. And if you if you need a team. Or if your team is just going to run, you know, four out, one five pick and roll, he's the perfect lob catcher. Um, so he's really good in a, in a normal like NBA context. In addition to fantasy, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he becomes this, like the, the the minutes guy again. By the way, he did that all in twenty eight minutes last year, so it's possible he retains his role 
and and keeps those numbers and maybe he maybe Justin should still keep him. Uh, Christian Wood yep. is now in Houston. Undrafted last year. Uh, did Houston just sign another center as well? You don't know who did Houston, Houston signed. Oh man, come another, on! Wow, you, I, I do you know. Really? I, I, no, I know. I'm blanking. Just tell. No, 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 no. I'm saying that knowing that they did. I I'm, I'm just blanking on who who it was. Yeah. It was Boogie. Wow. It was wow. Boogie. Give me a second. <laughs> the divorce yeah. is real. The but I think I think Christian Wood is going <laughs> to. I think I look, look when these guys are gone for me, they're gone for me. But I think Christian Wood's probably going to get uh, most of the minutes there. He's a very skilled guy. Um, I don't know if he does enough fantasy wise yet. He had a huge last month of the season. Uh, I don't really know what Houston's up to. If they look, and Detroit was bad. Uh, I don't know if the attention of James Harden and Russ helps him. He may not touch the ball, uh, but if he becomes like the Capella type player. Uh, I mean that's going to be a pretty dangerous weapon. So so maybe he's worth. The, did, did, was he drafted? Nah, last he year was not drafted. So we're talking about a ninth rounder. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. And and, and Rashawn Holmes, I would imagine, was drafted. Uh, right, yes, correct? Holmes went. Uh, actually, no, Holmes was not drafted either. So they're both. They would both be ninth rounders. Uh, okay. That's a toss up. And and Capella yeah. was drafted early. We 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 haven't touched and on D-Lo one. was drafted still, early. Deserves mention. Hmm. Exactly. Davis Bertans, I imagine. That's the uh, that's the other big option. I feel like uh, based on how geez. you're talking so far in this podcast, he <laughs> seems like the perfect guy for you. I feel like you're a little scared of the Wizards. Maybe that might scare you off. But uh, you know, I'm very scared of the Wizards. I feel like there's a chance that like Wall gets hurt again and Beal like just decides to sit out and then. Like I, I'm looking at the signings they're making. They're like five year ago signings. They signed Raul Neto to a to a one year deal. Like I forgot that guy was in the league. Like they're just doing these things that don't make sense. That uh, I, I don't know what they're trying to build. And Bertans could wind up on like a playoff team through a trade very soon, uh, and just be like stashed on the bench. I I don't trust it. I don't know. I don't know if he'll be locked in. I I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't. I think it's a very. Uh, I don't trust it. When you're speaking I, to this I, team, it's these. How you feel about these players is just very. It's very mixed. It's hard to judge, and it's reflected of the teams they're on, like Houston, the Wizards, the Kings. These franchises are in very bad places, mostly. <laughs> well, it's 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 also like you know it, it is. There are some teams that just the players on those teams tend to do based on how they manage their roster tend to do better in fantasy than others. Like Houston's actually a good example. Where like usually whoever the point guard is on that team is is yeah is good. Uh, Washington, there's just always a logjam. What if they decide midseason that Rui Hachimura needs to get more of Bertans' minutes, even though they just signed him to a contract? Like I don't I don't know what to do with that. So to me, like Rashawn Holmes, always like yes, he'll probably not be great early in the season, but he's going to rise up as he always does. He just always always does. It. I, I feel I tend to lean towards you know follow the money kind of thing in this situation. So uh, who are you going with? Chris, you going with Christian going Woods or Bertans? Personally, I mean, I just don't see how that guy's not you know giving you plenty of three pointers. You know, good percentages. And, you know, he's gonna get his minutes. I mean, that's what they paid him. To, they paid him to play. But, uh, yeah, I don't think – not necessarily any bad I, – I think Holmes, honestly, is probably the riskiest one just because it seems like, like he had a hard time last season breaking out for the Kings on a consistent basis. But once he gets going, he's – like, that's if, – if you 
are confident enough in your drafting ability. And I think Justin is Justin as depleted as he has been in past years. I feel Next like not. Um, uh, no, not as bad as yeah. He actually he actually has some early picks still. Yeah. Then then with that being the case, I just think that maybe and I got the grid up here now. Um, with that being the case, I'd say take a flyer on Holmes in the in that round and. Uh, oh yeah, he's only down. A, he's down a third and a fifth, and that's really it. Um, I would say take a flyer on him and just don't have to worry about you know being the one to scoop him up on the waivers. Um, it, it, like a month in the season, he's going to be the guy. And if there's any issues with COVID or injury, like he, he'll he'll step in and he'll do the do the job. Um, so, and look, every single coach has benched Hassan Whiteside. That's never <laughs> been an issue. So. Who's the young? What's the, who's the young guy they had? That they took over uh, Luca. Over um, uh, Marvin Bagley, the second or whatever third. Bagley. He's. I think he's playing more power forward though, so I, I don't think it's much yeah, of a no. conflict. At the at the center spot, and they got rid of Harry Giles, so that's one less guy that uh, that's going to play there. So uh, look to me, you know, if they're trying to win games, I think Holmes is going to be the guy eventually. Especially, it's not like they made a financial commitment to Whiteside to to give him all the yeah. minutes. Uh, All let's right, do a, let's, let's uh, do a who's, quickie, who's but I, I know he's probably our number one fan, so I want to you know give him his due. Uh, we'll swing to the John Stein's team. Uh, always properly calculated for uh, the future, I I think. So you know, I think this is a pretty quick one we can run through. Uh, still, Damon Lillard spearheading the operation. You know, thirty points, eight assists, over four three pointers. Um, so you know, plug that in, watch it go. Um, I think second keeper is going to be Chris Middleton, who, eh, solid, but I don't know, not really, not, not second keeper material, not second not, keeper not material. exciting, not exciting. Um, and I've been a Chris Middleton owner, and I would say the odds of him shooting forty nine point seven percent and ninety one point six percent again are pretty minimal. I mean that that that's a pretty exceptional stuff. So, what do you think about uh, Valanciunas in that second uh, spot? That, I'm, <laughs> Not enough scoring. Jonas ain't bad. Just yeah, I mean. He... Also, they're always trying to they're always trying to kind of replace him. I think in Memphis now with all the young big guys that yeah, they I have. Mean, I feel I, like uh, kind of like Brandon Clark has a long term project, and I mean obviously Jaron Jackson Jr. is gonna you know be prioritized over Valanciunas. I mean he's solid. I just think I think Middleton maybe has a little more upside. <laughs> Although, I guess with Giannis and Drew, it's hard to say uh, Middleton can improve that much, but. It's funny if you looked at this roster like a year ago, you'd be like, "Oh, this is a really good." Like you have a very strong first two keepers in Damon and, and Nurkic, and then like Miles Turner would have been up in that conversation, and Marcus Smart would have been a good like uh, later in the draft selection, and Jared Allen would have been in the conversation. But all these kind of guys have kind of slipped a little bit in, in their state. And Brooke Lopez also another one that was uh, like a top thirty-six guy two years ago. But they've well, all kind of. Gotta, I mean, off there's a, there's a clear then. cut option. I think um, for the third keeper. I mean, uh, you you actually haven't mentioned me. Jusa Nurcic, who uh, pre ranked 40th coming into the season, which I think is pretty uh, and pretty ambitious. I mean, the guy put up big numbers when he came back last year in the uh, in the bubble and like during the postseason. You know, was pretty productive too. But like, I don't know. This is a very injury prone player, in my opinion. So. I don't know. Slot him in the top forty right off the bat just seems a little too uh, too optimistic. 
Yeah, look, I mean, he put, he puts up numbers when healthy, and when he gets minutes, um, they do have their old uh, kind of uh, that region of the world platoon going back again. They re-signed Anis Cantor, uh, but I think Nurk is going to eat most of the minutes to that spot. They have not found another solution at center. If, uh, um, yeah, so well, if, he's going to get everything he can. If level of fatigue is indicative of the likelihood of injury, I mean, uh, he looked awfully gassed in the bubble, <laughs> like playing. Like, he, I mean, he was giving it his all, but like the guy looks like he was going to die every play out there, just like falling over the court. So, uh, look, uh, a, a great planning on John's part. You got to give him credit. He's, uh, I know he's been. What's that? What what round is he going to be? He's going to be. Uh, he was what round the 14th, one So he's going to be a thirteenth rounder next year. I, I mean, yeah, you have to. No, make I'm it. with you. It's like not even close. I mean, right? he's I probably mean... keeping for at least another season or two after this one. So, uh, hey, look, John's a, John's a serious contender in the fantasy landscape. He's been a since his since he joined the league. He went second, fifth, fourth, and finished in third place last year. So you know, the guy's uh, knocking on the door trying to win a sternum, and uh, he looks like he's coming in ready to play yet again. All right, so we'll we'll, we'll keep our John bashing to a minimum tonight, but you know, you'll have your moment in the sun in the future pods. <laughs> All right, um, I think another. I think we I think we can count on Andy listening to today's podcast, right? All right, so yeah, this team so. was I I would say maybe favorite co favorite with my own probably coming into the playoffs last season. Um, well, uh, if he if he made the playoffs, I was going to knock him out yeah, there. Right. The season, I'm so confused okay. as to how your math added up, but it, it's okay. Well, if I if I won seven two, I was in the playoffs. All right. What are you? It says right now that you're at least in the standings. If these are correct, it says in the 2019 standings that you were like 20 games out of the playoffs. Ah. I know uh, I was in first place see. when the season ended, so like, I think what it says about me is correct. This is this is from two years ago. Two, these are two years ago two standings? standings. Yeah, I didn't finish at three ninety eight. Well, that's not correct. It has Dan over five hundred, which sounds correct. I was, I, I was. It, it has me below. It has, it has me below. I guess Eric is. High. Look, look at the rankings. Yeah. It has me in seventh place at three ninety eight. This is this is from two. This is the twenty nineteen standings. No, this is this is going into twenty nineteen. This is messed up. Like uh, standing. <laughs> these are these are twenty eighteen. Sorry, right, yeah. Let's pull up this twenty eighteen. That sucks, right? man. My God, that's uh, twenty eighteen looks. Uh, I don't even, know how, I don't even know how to look at this. Twenty eighteen was the year that Garrett If you if you go to the actual, hold on, hold on. If you go to the actual, okay. Ira, if you go to the actual twenty nineteen standings, okay. And then you'll see that I'm in seventh right, place. Right. Huh. Okay. But mine's the same if I, if, as it was. Based on how things were breaking. If I, well, I, don't know, I think Duran's That's great for you. Also. It, just, it seems like <laughs> some of it's fucked up and some of it's not fucked up. Huh. Crazy. Man. Uh, we'll say, do they apply? Oh, this is weird, actually. So, okay. Ready? I'm in seventh place. We'll get Weavy's. One percentage. He's at three ninety eight. That's what it's showing me at. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it applies. Yeah, you're his, right. his win percentage to my team. Huh. All right. Well, but it's that's bizarre. Fun facts for the data nerds. Uh, clearly, Paul and I have 
all that boot camp experience is paying off for us. All right. So Andrew's <laughs> team, I, I don't know. Like I could, I could take a good hour just to look at this roster and try and figure out what he should be doing. Um, he's got Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Rudy Gobert, who's like perpetually on the cusp of being kept. Nikola Vucevic, another perpetual keeper. Brandon Ingram, who is on the rise. Chris Stapps, who's another Andy, I think, uh, a player that Andy's always liked in the past. Um, well, that's didn't he uh, take him late last I think year? He wasn't, wasn't there some injury uh, yeah, thing? Right. He might have been a wasn't he not a keep, uh, Was he not actually, a really keeper? No, nah, he wasn't. No. Nope. So I, I think Andrew – no? Hmm. I was going to say, I thought that was clear cut. All right, so he's definitely keeping Aiden. He didn't trade Giannis – for Aiden to not keep Aiden. So I think he's got to gotta keep Aiden, got to keep Booker. He may just do a top three keep. I think that's his move. And you got to – you rationalize it as uh, – you got to think oh, that Devin Booker is going to become a, a top ten player this year. Last you think – Oof. Oh, okay. Ooh, that, so that's tough. I think, I think maybe you don't, you don't keep, keep Tatum. Tatum. Oh. I feel like I, I would sooner drop Aiden, honestly. Oh, man. I I I see what you're saying. If that's what he got as part of the Giannis deal, but like, I mean, Andy is one to like love a player and not give a shit about like what the numbers say. Uh, look, I I think you think that Booker takes uh, Booker's percentages are incredible. Um, he only averaged two threes a game last year. That's going to go up with Chris Paul. You you got to think. Um, Aiton's. Keeps improving. I, I think you got to wow. keep Booker and Aiden cutting Tatum loose. Because also t- t- the thing, the thing about Tatum is like you know he's going to have a drop at some drop. Point. He, he's also not like one of the like Andrew. A- Andrew, what, no, no, like he's not going to be. He's I not going to stay at the same Numbers last think. year weren't. I also, I also think Andrew. Andrew does not like these guys in fantasy that are not like and don't put up like they have a bad week or two here and then are like really good. Like he, he doesn't like that. He likes guys that are consistently good and then like occasionally great. I feel like Tatum had two has stretches where he's just like mediocre. You, you don't want that as your, your number That's one fair. fantasy guy. Uh, I... and, and, and Booker's Booker's still so young and is only going to get better. I think, I think you got to take Booker. Yeah. And Aiden. Just, Which of those guys you not keeping? I'm, keep I'm cutting Aiden loose to make that happen. I don't know, but I, uh, it's not easy though. What what, what if what if Aiden I gets mean, like two and a half boxes? I mean, I assume the roids are uh, wearing out by now, right? That, that seems to, that's our operating assumption here. Um, yeah. Now, granted, uh, by the way, Gobert is a better uh, player basically across the, the board than, than I, Aiden. I mean, I but we know Andrew's not keeping Aiden. I mean, it's only his third season. Like he. And and look, Gobert's percentages are or shooting percentages better, but like Aiden does it on like almost double the shots, so like it's, well, it's a higher I mean, weighting of of, of I mean, I think, average. I don't know. So I mean, probably besides it as well. being on LeBron James's team, like Chris Paul is probably like the next player you'd want like your keeper to be teammates with to have like a direct like positive fantasy boost. Yes. Um, I don't know. It, it, there's something yes. fun about having like a Booker Aiden keeper combo. You know, just like riding the Suns. It's like uh, you hit the owner, but the, the roster is fun. Uh, so I don't know. Yes. Interesting team. Yes, I, I I I would think that that's what he's been wanting doing. 
I just think Tatum is not Tatum is not sexy. Uh, yeah, he's not going to. He's not going to stick Boston with person. Yeah. I just I, I don't feel see like it. that would also be a, a negative in Tatum's column. Yeah, uh, let's hit Duran's team because I know he's a he's a fairly occasional listener of this program as well. There's a fair amount. Um, so, I mean, to start it off, I mean, I don't know, a couple guys at the top that are like, are we sure we want to keep these guys? I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, John Collins for one. Who's John like Collins? On speculation. <laughs> like, I saw like Gallo's going to come off the bench, but like, you just signed Gallinari, you just traded for Clint Capella, you just signed Bogdanovich. Like, how does John Collins fit into this equation? I don't know. It's it, things are seeming seeming a lot more crowded, and you don't keep Trey Young there to be your ace defender. You keep him there to score thirty points a night. So I don't know. I mean, John Collins had a hell of a season. So the, the right the thing is, I mean, it's it's nice that they brought in all those guys with some thought, but like if John Collins beat beats them out, which he probably will, he's probably going to keep playing the minutes he's playing. Like if you're if you if you're shooting fifty eight percent and look his defense has to improve but fifty eight percent from the field, one point four threes a game eighty percent from the from the line on three point seven attempts, twenty one points ten rebounds one and a half assists one point six blocks like I'm sorry Gallo is not taking your spot, he's just not going to, and he's not going to be healthy to do it. I mean, unless he's really making your team go or something. I feel like that's the only way that uh you could see it coming to that conclusion by. But, I mean, so if you're keeping John Collins, I mean, are you telling me that Paul George is no longer a keeper? I mean, is that the? Uh, I don't know. You got Donovan Mitchell on this roster. I might, I might be telling you that. I'm, so you're going I Donovan might be Mitchell. telling you that Paul George is no longer a keeper. I think I saw enough of him in the postseason to think that he's going to get to the next level. And that and that's a he change was, of heart he, from how I, mean, I felt before like, the postseason. I feel like you know everyone. He got over. He got too much of the uh, this man is Dwayne Wade and all that shit. But like the postseason performance was very Dwayne Wade like, where it's just like you know him against the world. Except that he's hitting. Except that he's hitting. Yeah. Threes, I just pulled up his postseason really numbers. Nice. Yeah, um, it was. So here's here, Paul. Paul George is declining. I would say by all accounts. Um, who knows what he's like in a year or two. The risk factor with Donovan Mitchell is if he goes to the Knicks after this year, do you really want him as your keeper? uh, Louisville. He is very close to um, someone in the Knicks organization. Forget which guy it is. Oh, no, I think it's World... Mitchell? Oh, he did sign the the contract? Mitchell and Tatum signed the uh, five-year deal. I missed that. Apparently, right. the interesting thing now is they have an option. They have, like, a, a player extensions. option on, like, the fourth year or something. So, like, they can opt out early if they want. Um, All right. So, so never mind that. Then. Yeah. I mean, I think the playoffs, too, is just, like, outrageous. But, I mean, he's already very good. And he's younger than Paul George. And, yeah. And Paul George also has, like, enough injuries that you're kind of, like, getting over it. Um, all right. And actually, sorry, this is a stupid question. Duran has Mitchell uh, in what oh, round? Mitchell, still, uh, Mitchell might still be a keeper. Uh, in the fifth round? Yeah, but fourth I think round? Get, you can't. He's still on. I, it's, all it's, right, so this gets more interesting. So it's a, Mitchell it's a, it's a, was, a double. Uh, it's a seventh round keeper. 
All right, so let me back. I'm going to backtrack. He's a yeah, fourth had him in the ninth round. It's not worth. Last it. year was the seventh round because it was the second year keeping him. He'll be a he'll be a fourth. Well, so now it's another. So you, keep, you draft him in the fourth? Well, uh, no, I think it is worth it. There's another option here. Uh, of do you do one? Would you do one, two, four? Because well, no, no, hold on, hold on. There's another option. I don't. Well, before you say that, I'm just going to say there's always value in getting really, really great players early on. I think if you get if you think that John Collins and Paul George are both round one and two worthy, then you you do Mitchell in the fourth, and you upgrade your third spot. Right. Because then you're getting four. Top twenty players yeah, yeah. in the first. No, I, I mean, I think picks. We're, I'm with you. I hopefully all the listeners are uh, keeping up. Um, but I mean, uh, this this guy's another tough one to evaluate. I think at this point because there's been a lot of changes. But uh, Devonte Graham's on this roster, so I think he would just be a oh, straight geez. up. Uh, Where did he go? Ninth rounder. If he kept him, yeah. Ninth rounder. Well, he, he he great numbers. Um, I mean, he, he finished 18 points, 7 I don't know. assists, I don't know 3. what they're doing, trades, man. I, 82 free throw percentage, but 38 from the field. Do you see it? Still have Rozier. Got and they still have Rozier. They got a right? fucking mellow ball. And they got Gordon Hayward. Lamelo. Yeah, and, and, the, and the ball's going to be in Lamelo's hands. I... I don't know if he's worth the ninth rounder. So then, all right. So over, let's over say you keep Mitchell option. in the fourth in that case. Do you want to go PG-13 or do you want to go? Like, like, like what if what if you could get John Collins, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, and Donovan Mitchell in the first yeah, four rounds? So like, you do that. Definitely a very time, good right? start, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm pro- honestly, I'll probably have sour enough. I'll Paul George that, like, I wouldn't or, even want to keep him. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I want. To, what yeah, about what about Pascal Siakam, Siakam, Lowry, Sabonis? I think deserves to be mentioned at least. Yeah, Duran's going to have analysis paralysis over this roster. I feel bad for him actually because uh, there's a lot of something's going to go wrong in one of his decisions. It, it's inevitable. There's too much to do here. <laughs> his team, his roster is actually too good. And now looking at this, I actually do feel bad about it. Right. Being cut short. <laughs> okay. Um, let's keep. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good one. That we'll just we'll let, we'll let Durant make his own decision. I mean, he's he's talking he's talking a big game. He had a big season. You know, I feel I'm not sure we have anything to offer here. You know, it's, it's probably best. All I'll say to Durant, all I'll say to Durant is look at your roster like more than the night before the draft and really think about it because yeah, there's a lot there of there decisions to make. All right. Um, should we? We can hit Garrett briefly. I assume he'll give us a listen, so it's worth giving, giving just touching it. Um, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty clear cut top two: Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard. Um, I mean, I think uh, Kawhi basically checked all the boxes yep. last year. I'm still a skeptic about fantasy, just because. I mean, it sounds like he's already complaining about like he had to dribble the ball too much last season. I want a point guard, like. I had to work too hard, and I, I don't know. Got degenerated knees, you know. So I don't know. Personally, I'm not. I'm a little more sour on Kawhi than maybe Garrett is. But if we're looking towards a third keeper, I mean Anthony Davis and I guess Anthony Davis and Kawhi are going to be resting a fair bit, so could be a tough regular season for Garrett. But get to the playoffs, you're looking okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. Where did he, he draft Larry Markkinen last season? I think his second year. Of, oh, actually, how many times he kept this guy? Nah, I think this is 
This might have been twice. No, he only kept him once. He hasn't been. He, he hasn't. He got he hasn't me in the round that last long. year. I think he was the fourteenth selection. He kept in the thirteenth, and then he kept in the eleventh. So, I think Laurie's going to be. Oh, jeez, uh, years draft, in the league wants to keep him. I still think it's worth it. This is, this is some, the rest of this real lousy managing. There's no better option. He's got Isaac, but I don't think Isaac's going to be ready to play. No, I mean Kendrick. Like, so do you want I mean, Kendrick Nunn in the ninth? And then, in the ninth, yeah, that's. I'd rather have Warren Markin in and hope he bounces that's back. Washington. I, I think I think Chicago had such I think Chicago had such bad coaching the last few years. I think Lowry has to bounce back. Um. Uh, you want like Norman Powell, maybe? I, don't I think know. he has Norman to. Powell, thirteenth rounder. No, no, I don't. I'd ra- I'd rather have Larry Malkin Markin in and, and hope that I mean there's yeah, improvement. I, I... And and then and then trade him. Like, look, if you keep him, and and, and again, we're talking about roster management, and Garrett yeah, is able to do that. Sometimes he is. Sometimes he isn't. Um. Well, he he he's he's fine. But let let's say you know he's middle of the pack or whatever, um, or or he's doing well and he needs to, to split an asset, right? He knows he's going to keep AD and Kawhi another year. Uh, if someone if Lowry rises to the level of a of a real keeper again, um, then he's he's a solid trade chip. If nothing else, if he, if he rises up back to that level, I don't see any of these other guys on on Garrett's list being potentially. At that level, so so to me, it, it's it's a no brainer. If you're getting him that late, if you're getting him that could eventually be a, a one or you two. Think Mark give me that. You have to do it. I think there's there's a twenty five percent chance of it, but I think everyone else on this roster is like a zero to five percent. Right, I mean, all right. I mean, I, I, I don't see any, I don't see anyone else here that's enticing. I get your point. Generally, if you're competing for, for like, if you want to get a guy as a steal, that's gonna that's gonna push you. Like, yeah, like if you get one of these guys late, but you're not getting anyone that late that's gonna have such an impact on your roster that they won't be droppable by the playoffs. I think. And Lowry's a guy that you can get three of those players for, if he goes back to his level that he was. And if not, he's a fine player in that. Yeah, range. he should he's drafted at that. He's healthy enough. I don't know. I feel like the Bulls are like uh, just a. An injury ravaged roster always. I don't know. They're they're like one of the few teams I've been thinking about that like are kind of like trying to make the playoffs, but like don't seem like they have the goods. But like they're not like awful like the Knicks are. They're they're also they're also possibly a tra- they're possibly a trade away from from either him going to a better situation or someone else that competes with his touches going yeah. away from the team. Okay, let's hit. Can we? Uh, I, we don't need to hit our own rosters. Uh, it's okay. Um, unless you really want to, uh, but I do want to hit Trevier's. Trevier's is uh, no, that's fine. I'll, I can talk I mean, to you offline about it. This team is looks amazing okay. compared to what it was when the season ended, and I, I would like to play it out. Is it worth trying to trade one of these players for picks that he keeps? Because I mean, this if if you've pulled it up, I mean, we're talking about he's going to presumably keep Kevin Durant, I guess. Uh, in the ninth round. So, so you're saying like, 
like declare Harden, Young, and Durant as his keepers or Butler, but trade one of those for some for like a a strong keeper that's I mean, taken in the twelfth round. You get multiple picks and an additional pick. As much as I wants to do it, I, I mean, maybe a Harden deal. I mean, I think I'm probably at the point with Harden where I mean, I don't know. I guess you probably get a little more juice. So I, I'm I'm gonna say again, if if you think if you think KD's still a top ten player, and especially if you think he's a top five player, why aren't you just keeping all three of those guys and playing them? Because you're still you're the 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 value return you're getting on a third round pick. Well, is, I, I, is huge. I, I think, I mean, point. to me, Trier's coming. Like, 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 yeah, like, to me, like. I think you get multiple I, I picks for Harden. You turn, and, like, a, you can buy, you know, like, a top 30 keeper and multiple picks for James Harden. Yeah, but, yeah, but, 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 but we've seen that you need these top guys to, to win. So it's not worth, it's not worth flipping. Like, like, yes, if you think Harden's going to decline because he's unhappy or whatever, he's going to sit out half the season, fine. But I, I think if you think these three guys are going to be themselves, uh, think- you know, w- what's what's the point? The, you know, tr- tr- trust yourself to draft. Um, unless you're – like, we just went through half the league, and there's not too many guys that are late keepers that are so – like we're like, oh man, I wish I had that guy for the next three seasons. You know, it's just not. Uh, there's just not that many guys like that that also need yeah. a, a, t- a right. top one two keeper. So we said, I think Corey it was, was Corey Campbell. one that we said I mean, didn't have really a second he's keeper. Okay. All right, so so I mean, Corey's an example. Guy was, who did Corey? I mean, we're talking about you know guy. the Woods and the uh, right? Grants and the Fourniers and the Joe Harris's. Nothing, right? So, 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 nothing that's worth. Even if you're, even if you're then swapping, you'd have to swap. You'd have to convince Corey to swap a, th- a three, four for. Oh a, yeah, I need, I need a multiple eleven, back. twelve. I think that's. I mean, you're, that's the only way I'm doing that. And, and you're giving up. I think very, oh. but I, I think very few people are doing that before the season. We, we, I think in the history of our league, I don't think we've ever had. Oh. A well, pre-draft. I do recall that trade. like Justin and Corey have done deals. I forget though exactly who was involved. First of all, they're complicated. That's the thing. They're they're like well, sorry. We, we've had we've had trades like we've had draft night trades and stuff like that where picks are swapped and stuff. True. But no, yeah. it's not I, for keepers. I can't think of a superstar keeper ever going. I think it was just like a Chris. It's Bosch very. Deal it's very happened with the Justin and Corey. And like yeah, I mean Corey got swindled pretty bad. But uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't think Trier's doing it because I don't think like Trier's like, and he's also like he's just usually he's laissez fine fair drafting. So like I'll like, just be like, doesn't matter if I have a standard draft board, I should be good enough. But I will say this team with I don't know. I'd also be like I don't know if I was like a crappy manager who needed another keeper. I don't know, John Morant, Jamal Murray, like. But but yeah. again, but again, Trier yeah. has to establish that guy as his third keeper to do that. Jamal, Jam, I'd, I'd rather have Jamal yeah. Murray than, than John Moran personally. I think eh, no, well, that's that's not true. He that's not true. pretty close. I take that back. <laughs> Jamal had a nice postseason, but but I think yeah. I mean Jaws' assist numbers. Yeah, are, are and we have to mention Jimmy relative, Butler, so. who's also on this roster. Um, yeah, so yeah, quite the team he has. If they actually meet these projections, <laughs> but it'll be a new roster next year. 
And, and sorry, wait, we're, we're both being stupid. We're both being stupid, Ira. KD's nah, he's getting KD uh, in the ninth round. <laughs> he has KD in like the fifth round. He's keeping KD. Unless somebody wants to oh, trade yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, think, I'm not that optimistic so personally, but we'll see. I mean, to me, the, the bigger thing, like, I mean, if you're keeping Harden and Young, you are yeah. immediately punting turnovers. Um, he always, yeah, I guess his teams always kind funny. of do because they're, they're high-volume teams. But, okay. Um, Oof, that was a lot of basketball talk. That was a lot of basketball talk. Oof, We've, yeah, we're into the 80th minute yeah. of this podcast here. Let's, let's have some fun. Calm myself All right. off here. All right. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll put a note that if, if you I know, want to skip text. the fantasy talk, yes. go ahead to the 80th. Thank you, production. All right. Quickly, anything yeah. merch, Paul? How the how the face masks coming along? Have you uh, they been in the shops? Uh, there was not. There was not. There was not oh, overwhelming okay. how support. Many, for how it, many? How many? So would you have it to kind buy? of died on the production line. Oh, I would take only twelve. Three of those. I mean. All right, I'll then I'll I'll re up this on yeah. I'll re up this then on uh, yeah. on Friday. I'll I'll bring it up and see if anyone wants. I think it'd be cool. I think if it's you get cool. the source to extend. As as like, no one stops to talk to you. Extend to like yeah, the side, you know. Yeah, I, I don't have that kind of capability. So you yeah, ask, it's ask be like when he was that, the historian for that. I doubt it. Like week, you know, this could be his chance to like reprove his uh, dedication to the league. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, I will say. Yeah. Well, let's let's touch base. Do we want to do the pick three tonight, or are we just gonna leave? All right. All yeah. Right. Let's. So I think let's, we need to. I haven't drawn up a let's list. Let's do a pick yet, three. So. All right. We can pull something together quickly as we're uh, chatting. Me neither. Do we want to do it's restaurants good. or bars? And I think we're talking about like the Hoboken area, or do we want to do the Hoboken JC area? What's the uh? Okay. Well, I will say I don't have much of a feel for That's JC. Fine. Okay. So if you're good to do Hoboken, let's just do Hoboken. Um, let's do. Are we, how are we doing this? Are we picking three restaurants? Just any kind of restaurant, but like you can only eat at these three is for a usually, year. Is it is usually that, like is that we're going how do people by here? usually think about this? Is it like a one-time meal, or is it a rest of my life kind of thing? Well, we can do it however we want to do it. I think it's just like overall well, quality. How did you have it in your mind? I think it's. I'm thinking more like, if somebody mentions like, "Oh, let's get dinner here," like, "Am I excited?" I think that's more so like a one night kind of dinner thing. Okay, okay, all right. So, yes, so your three, yeah, three favorite, favorite restaurants yeah. in Hoboken is what we're going here. Okay. Well, we make it a list here. Right. We're just doing a top three. I'll start us off then. We have like go... nine competitors. How do you want to do it? Yes. I see what you're saying. One of those nine nine restaurant grids. Hmm. Uh, Isn't it going to come to the same result anyway? I think with nine, I if don't you, have a ha- list. If you have so, a list, I mean, have to create we'll, we'll use your list. All right. No, let's, okay. just, do our, let's, fine, just, fine. let's just do ranks right. and, and my mind, rank my them to mind we'll, we'll do it. We'll do this draft okay. style. Like the, uh, do this draft style. We're talking like JJ Reddick podcast here. So, so I'm gonna go. Here. I'm gonna go Fantastic. first pick. Yeah. All right. Perfect. First pick, and this is a place that I have not really gone too much 
during Corona. We were doing some takeout from there early on, but we went there like once to eat outdoors and it was like super hot and we just like couldn't go mm. back there. You do love Court Street? I'm going to go with Court Street. Super reliable. Um, they have different specials all the time. And again, more, more so before COVID hit, um, but their specials are always really good. Interesting meats. They'll have things like rabbit and boar and things that you don't find in a lot of places here. Um, uh, and just all their food and their basics are really good too. Um, like the simple things are good and they have really good wine at like not absurd prices. Not to mention, I really enjoy going there for when they have their wine tastings. Um, the service is good. The ambiance is like, it's like a perfect blend of like upscale and casual. Um, it's just like when you walk in there in the winter, you just have a nice warmth come over your body. Um, and you know, you're in for a nice, a nice meal time. I, I, it's like, I've, I've never had a bad experience. Yeah, good selection. Good selection. So that's I have my always enjoyed my, my few, uh, my few visits there. This is probably going to be the case for all Hoboken places, but none of them are very, the interiors are rarely COVID friendly, all very like tightly packed like you're, which adds to the warmth, I guess, that you're speaking to in the conversation. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, we should try to think of this, I guess, in the pre COVID times. Um, all right. I'm going to something a little unusual, but it came to my mind when, when we first started talking about it. Um, I always, I always enjoy going to a, to Greek town actually. Just kind of a, it's like a middle ground in between where we both used to live in Hoboken in the downtown area. Um, I always like it, and it's somewhere that I know I can get pretty quick service. I'm not going to feel like a, a complete fat ass, like, after the experience. And, like, they have enough diversity in the food options that, like, I feel like I can get something different than, like, what I'm going to usually get in the house. Um, and, yeah, like, a very, very friendly atmosphere. I feel like it's always just it's very, a- like casual upbeat like we're gonna make it happen big portions i'm a big portion guy probably more quantity over quality at the end of the day so uh yeah greek town highly recommended it's it's a good choice busy kind of as you're as you're mentioning like it's it's big portions but you don't feel like a fat ass afterwards because it's like it's cooked like you're getting fish and like semi-healthily cooked rice um you know, it's it's a it's a nice blend of those things. You get some nice appetizers if you want. I don't love the pricing there. I always feel like it's very expensive, but you are getting nice fish, so it's acceptable for that reason. Um, it, I, I always find the atmosphere weird there. That's what always throws me off about that place. It's like they have the TV going, but like it's nice food, so it's it's very strange to me. But uh, good restaurant. Uh, uh, I, I see why. No, you like it. Next. All right. What is yeah. Your next yeah, I agree with you. The the TV is very odd there. Like, yeah, it's like never really a factor, but it's part of yeah, it's part of the uh, always part a big a big feature in the restaurant. Uh, okay, I'll assume for this conversation that we're not including fast food establishments. No, I, mean, so I was going to joke with you that like so number right, one, yeah. one right, McDonald's, and then what's your next pick? Yeah, but uh, like no, no fast food yeah, restaurants. None of these no. options. Um. All right, give me. I am. I don't know how to explain it. See, I hate old school type dining. Oh, this place might be gone actually, but I'm still gonna use it. Um, I, I hate like I. I'm not really big on like. That's fine. Five That's diners, fine. a bit too like dirty feeling for me. But and like I don't even like like 
50s type cheesy places like a Johnny Rockets, for example, which is also in Hoboken. But uh, I have always had a soft spot for uh, uh, what's it called? Schnackenberg up online. Yeah, that's gone. Yeah, I think that left a couple of years ago. But oh, yeah, it's gone. That one I it's always, gone. I've always like get a kick out of going there. I don't know. They just like, yeah, it just doesn't have like the. Maybe maybe too many AC trips to Johnny Rockets. Maybe that's what soured the place for me. But uh, I don't know. I've always it just I, I have good vibes when I come in. Um, it has like a nice like positive environment. The crowd's always friendly. I'm always down for a donut on my way out. Um, yeah, I'm close to home where I used to be uptown. So I I think what I liked about that place when I was around is it had that like old school feel, but they didn't shove it in your face. Like, they're not like, Oh, like, look at us. Like we're, we're old school. Like, it's just like, this is how we are. Like come enjoy. Like we hope you enjoy our food. So I kind of, I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. I only ate there like once or twice. So I, I don't really have much of a connection. Yeah, I guess it was kind of, but, yeah, by the time uh, you I can, I can see the appeal great. to you. So yeah. yeah. Never matched up properly. Yeah. Yeah. My, my next pick, um, is and I guess I guess I really like these places where just like if you're walking on like a colder day and you go inside and you like you sit down and you take your jacket off you feel the air come in you have your glass of wine and uh, the food just warms you up okay. and I, right. my second pick is while well, Isla downtown I'll save it for you I figured uh, I figured that'd be on specifically your specifically different than, than the uptown location <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's probably the number one thing I've missed since moving uptown is that like we can't just pop over there whenever we want for for food. Um, the Cubano is like incredible. Um, one of my my former coworkers <laughs> is Cuban. And he's like that's like the best cu- Cuban sandwich he's ever had. Um, uh, the meats are all good. Like the fish is all good. It's like everything's incredible. The the chef is always on these uh, Food Network shows competing like against Beat Bobby Flay and Triple D. Um, so he, he, he's well-respected and, uh, I don't know, just the, the food's great. The, the atmosphere is great. Amy and I usually sit at the, the, the bar there and for a, for a while we had a waitress that knew us and always served us whenever we went there. So that was kind of, kind of nice. Uh, only place we've ever really felt kind of like a regular, yeah. um, Good choice. So, Good choice. so that's, my I always do feel like I'm in for a, for a treat when I go to La Isla and yeah, it's, uh, the food, I feel like the food quality is always going to be like exactly what you expect from the chef. It's not something that, uh they ever get wrong or mix up or you know you get something on monday and something else on like a saturday late night uh strong strong location um i'm also i'm not sure if this place is still open yet either but i always i enjoyed their they have a great uh like sweet potato pie um san giuseppe which is up by the uh the movie theater oh yeah 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 we used to go there all the time. Like we used to, we used to drive there, um, and get. They changed ownership though, like maybe two years ago, and like they, they used to have a like really good bread they would put out, and they stopped doing that, and um, they just changed a lot of little things. I think they got rid of their dessert. Um, just like all these little things that like made it not as good as it used to be, but yeah, they. Uh, that that is yeah, that, that is place, my number that three. Is I feel like it's you know kind of is that your number three spot in Hoboken. It's you know kind of in that northwestern corner of the uh, the Mile Square City. But uh, 
You know, the, the thing is, there's so many good, like, upscale pizza places now. There, there's a place by our apartment, Apulia, that's really good. Dezino is, like, always makes the top 10 list of pizzerias in the, in the state. Um, and before, the, until they sell out of their, their stuff, I would agree that their stuff is really good. Um, Tenth and Willow, huh. which is, sorry, not, not familiar. Uh, 10th Street Pizza, uh, which is newer. I, like, I can't get enough of it, Ira. It's like, I, I was I was making fun of it because I thought it was just like bougie pizza, and then I I had it, and I'm like, I, like I need to have it like pizza. once a month now. It's uh, it's just, it's yeah, that good. That's um, yeah, it's owned by uh, one of the one of the Manzo sons. The Manzos from the reality TV shows, um, which they, their family owns like part of a lot of restaurants, like the yeah, the place that I hate, like uh, Poor House and Ainsworth. And little city, uh, or little town social rather. Um, so all these places that have like bad service and were overpriced. But he went out on his own and <laughs> opened this pizza restaurant, and it's really good. Um, really good. I, I'd say similar style to San Giuseppe. Um, maybe a drop more expensive, but worth the money. And and all the, it's a smaller menu, but like the few Italian dishes they had that we tried were really good. Um, San Giuseppe, I, I respect it. Definitely under the old, old ownership. I'm also going to go with an Italian restaurant for my third choice. And it's not going to be any of those pizza places I just rattled off. It's going to be Autostrada, which again, the challenge of that place is you're always waiting an hour and a half to get a table. But like, I used to like to go, we put our name down, walk to a bar nearby, have a drink or two, uh, come back, kill a bottle or two of wine, make it a long dinner, share your food with a bunch of people, get really drunk off wine and just like have a really fun, relaxing night. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, when you're there, you're family. Sort of like, like you're saying. The Olive Garden commercials make you feel. Like you, you, literally, you literally just get like really wine drunk and like just like everyone's sharing food and it's a great time. So th- that's, that's my number three, I think. Another place I've not really been to much recently, but... Um, yeah. Could be but, that, uh, but very that good, child waiting your life, Paul. I don't know. Come, comes with trade-offs there, you know? Not quite. It's just it's it's not the same when you – some of these places that are really good dining and experiences are not quite the same when you're uh, either eating outside in the cold or, you know, just if you're eating outside and there's half the tables and it was already hard to get into having to wait for uh, for two hours. You know what we just went to for a nicer meal? Uh, my parents babysat for Joey, and we like had to find a place to go that had okay. like, outdoor seating with heat lamps. So we went to Bin 14. Pretty good. Pretty good. But definitely not on this top three list. So that those are our lists. I think pretty good pretty good choices. Very different choices, which... Yeah, some good variety. Uh, good stuff. Everyone could weigh on who, who they think was correct. Uh, let's, do some, let's do some some quick, quick hitters here. Uh, wow. College basketball's back. Most I mean, I, you, pro- you probably should Rutgers start caring because I think this will become increasingly a Rutgers basketball podcast as the uh, the season progresses. Because uh, you know, look, I've, I've seen <laughs> Rutgers blow up plenty of crap teams, but like it wasn't like Rutgers had a great shooting night in this one. Um, they scored, I think, sixty six out of like eighty six points at the rim was the uh, final number. Um, they have the size, they have the talent for the fast break. Um, and they're going to start hitting more shots, I think. And this was without even their best player, Geo Baker, on the court. Um, you know, they got a rookie in Cliff who's barely even tapped into his talent yet. So 
I think we're in this for the long haul. Uh, assuming the tournament is playing, um, we could be having a league trip. So, you know. Guys, if, if, you're, if you're thinking about picking up college basketball this year, Ira, who I've watched Rutgers basketball games with for the last how many years of our lives now? Ira, we're yeah. 31. You're turning 32 in just a few days here. Uh, so probably for the last 20, 20 years or so of our life, we've uh, watched Rutgers games and recapped at halftime and after the game. I've never seen Ira even like a core as optimistic as he is coming into the season. So, uh, so, so now's the time to hop on the bandwagon. Um, uh, the so cord. far, you it's did working. It recently. So I had to How's get, it going you know, so far? I cut the cord of my. Well, let's let's preface this. Uh, you cut yeah, the cord, but you're one of those cord cutters that, that is, is exactly using your parents' cable much. login, right? You're, you're using your mom's cable. So, so, so if you're able to use someone's cable uh, login for free, yes. I mean, I mean it really makes you, the whole process. Assuming you work simple. with your parents enough to you know get their online account <laughs> established. I actually was thinking about making you an offer where, like, we go halfsies on everything. We could have. Like, all of our, all of our accounts. And just both cut the – like, you know. It's too late now. I, I, it's too late now. I, I, honestly, you're not free, so, uh, you. I don't think – It is what it is. Uh, yeah, okay. Nah, I, I can't do that. I can steal my parents, too, and I just feel – I feel guilty about uh, it, so. Well, all right, but I you're, did, you're I mean, in on paying the court because you have that access right now. The Rucker stuff got a little messy. I mean, tonight I purchased the game, and you know I could have paid for a Big Ten Network if I had to for a few months. I don't know what it costs, but um, I mean, I think the challenge dropped like a week ago, so now I need MTV access. And then, like the basketball season, I thought it was going to be a while, and then you know, bing bada boom, now it's coming back December twenty second. So you know, The, the thing with cord cutting is you really have to have it all mapped out. Like, you, you need to have, like, an Excel spreadsheet much. with, like, I, here's I, what I actually main, watch. Like, I'm not here's what it actually is going like, to cost me. Yankee games and, during the regular and, season. And, like, it's fine if it, I just get, like, major networks. Uh-huh. Well, that's why, that's why I told you. I'm like, if, if, if yes, network's the issue, just, like, disre- uh, like sorry. Like, you're not watching the radio. Yeah, like, it, it's fine. Oh, Susan Basketball will be in the summer soon enough. It's fine. But. Anyway, yeah, no, it's. Yep. I think I'll be able to make it work. I don't watch much TV anymore. I'm a podcast guy, so I don't know. They need to make like a basic. They should just make it simple for us, like I said to you, and let you pick what you want, and just give you a price per a channel. Edit all up, nice custom package. Like I don't know, it should be like going to Chipotle, you know. Like, this, this shouldn't be that complicated, but you know, this is monopolies for you. Yeah, but Ira, they, they don't bundle these packages and how will uh, Discovery 8 channel exist, you know? They need to, you know, yeah, need to support so. all these channels that no one would buy otherwise. That's the problem. Yeah. Anyway. And how is... Anyway, I won't right, let's switch thing, it to... Yeah, we touched on it briefly, but how is, the, how is fatherhood treating you? I mean, I assume we're just going to get consistent positives for the next at least like three or four years. Still... One day we'll get a different answer. Still doing good. Still wow. doing good. Joey had like her first like, you eight do, like hour sleep plus training thing last or, night, you know, just, so she's uh, really starting to sleep. It just happened. Uh, yeah. We kind of like, well, we read the book, and then Amy had a like panic attack about it, basically, and so we like did a much gentler transition into it. Um, but it's going. 
I mean, we're, we're getting her to where we want to be. So it's going pretty well. And uh, yeah, can't really complain much. She's great. She's smiling at stuff now and recognizing our faces. Uh, she's, I have Leanna's side cute, commentary so. here. But very happy. I got a cookie, so that's exciting. Um, well, I'm glad everything's going well, obviously. That's worthwhile. You know, I just, I, I hope, I hope, uh, I just hope you guys have discussed how Saftabus going to fit into, you know, your child's upbringing in the months and years ahead. It's, uh, you know, a big thing for any child to adjust to. And it's good to have these things, uh, you know, laid out in advance. So everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Just, the peanut box is not supportive of uh, the current conversation, but it's okay. We'll move forward. Uh, all right. And then finally. Yeah, we'll no, have... it's... Okay. That's fine. Um, finally, we'll end on, uh, I guess, more of a sour note. Or it could be a positive note. With all the positive COVID news out there, how are you feeling about the next, like, big group events of the agenda? You know, we're looking, I guess, probably towards summer, late summer, into the fall for bachelor party slash wedding action, right? Pretty confident. All right. I'm pretty confident. I'm feeling good. Um so I think like AC a trip in June. I just got to be confident. About it. That's the only way to look at it. I got to be optimistic. Uh, so my, my 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 whole thing is I'm wondering like like bachelor parties are gonna be the first thing to go. Like so my first wedding next year is Duran, or the ones that like I have one in, earlier than that, but like that's the one I first one I care about. Sure. Duran's is like July Fourth weekend. Um, Amy Amy's a bridesmaid also in one July Fourth weekend. Um. I'm wondering if like we'll be able to get off the bachelor party, but I think the wedding should be at a good time that we it should not be an issue. I'm hoping that we'll be vaccinated by then. Like if we get the vaccine, I'm doing whatever. It's like at that point it's like worth the risk. It is what it is. Um I gotta imagine by the fall weddings, like we should be fine. And if they're fall yeah, weddings, then yeah. summer I'm... summer bachelor parties, it yeah. would be good. I guess I'm curious. Well, Gar- Gar- Garrett's- Garrett wasn't planning on going anywhere yet. Levy, I have no idea what we're doing. We never even really got to the discussion level for that. Um, the right now. Yep. And who am I missing? Yeah, That's it, right? Um, yeah. We'll and, see what and happens. You know? hopefully the next but, spring. I mean, well, obviously, it's not getting off the ground if I'm a bachelor party. You know, you gotta, you gotta have. Uh, what is it? Well, you know, you gotta expunge the vices, and then you know priorities. You yeah, proceed yeah. with the. Uh, the pomp and circumstance. So, you know, one step at a time. But, you know, I mean, yeah. If you can't give me a bachelor party, you know, I'm not sure I can attend the wedding. That's just kind of my, that's my standard on these things, you know. It's all right. It hasn't been discussed yet. What does so. the peanut gallery have time to say about stuff. that? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, have we hit everything <laughs> for the day? Thank you. I think so, man. We, we're, we're over 100 minutes here, so uh, I, it may be a record yeah. for us. Happy, happy so if you've stuck around this long, thank you for doing so, and uh, hope you enjoy. Hope to see you. I mean, I think naturally. Yeah. I'm, oh, right. We didn't I'm say that. What are you return, thankful for this year? The big boy years. I mean, I think we're still in a very t- tumultuous period, having fancy basketball to chatter about instead of, you know, will the, coup, the fake coup, you know, take place in Pennsylvania or Michigan or Georgia today, you know? I'm excited just to talk about whether or not, uh, you know, 
Davis Bertans is uh, worth playing on a day-to-day basis, you know? Back to the simple things. I'm excited to get into the nitty-gritty. You know, we always have fun this time of year with the, with the keeper selections and who those are going to be. And then it really gets fun to see where these down-roster players kind of fall out and, and who comes out of nowhere. And uh, I don't know. It should be fun, man. It should be fun. I think, I think now that we're both, you know, up doing our boot camp homework, like <laughs> two in the morning or whatever, we should really be investing in league pass to have on at the same time. You know, <laughs> really go full West Coast here. But uh, I digress. Anyway, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, as Ira said. Uh, be yeah. safe, wear oh, yeah, your mask uh, around your family, yeah, just, even if it's not it's natural okay. to do so. Uh, when it comes to the mask and, thing, you uh, know, everyone should feel comfortable doing what they need to do to feel safe. So, you know, if your aunt or uncle, you know, is giving you shit, just wear the mask. Tell them this is how you feel. And, you know, do, do what's right to you. It, it's really a personal decision. And, you know, if they don't want to wear it, then, you know. And if yeah. and if they don't well, want to respect you, say Ira told time me. Five-time immortal. Ira. My friend Ira told me that that's what's acceptable. So, you know. Yeah. On that note, um, happy Thanksgiving. Have safe drives and See you uh, Friday. At thanks for listening for all of this drivel that we've shared with you today.